Hello, this is the Ether Podcast, and I'm Rodrigo. This is Ryan. And this is Rachel. And today, this is our very first podcast in our new series on how to study the Bible. And uh, we are bringing you a little bit behind the scenes for this particular podcast because uh, I have to tell you sort of what happened. We, we've been having actually a lot of conversations uh, in preparing this series. And um, basically what happened is that I had already a script written and I brought it up. Uh, the, the way that we do our podcast is basically before we record a podcast, we have a discussion to sort of talk about what we're going to talk about on our podcast. And I brought the script for the, the finished script for our first video. I brought it to that discussion. And after the discussion, I ended up throwing away the script because I realized that it wasn't uh, necessarily good. And here's a complication. When asking about why we should study the Bible, the reality is, is that those reasons are very personal. And I think that's one of the, the, the things that we sort of came to with that, through that conversation. And at the same time, there's very much, I think what I could best describe as a universal reason for why we should study the Bible. Originally, I was going to do the video about that the fact that we should study the Bible because the Bible addresses the human condition. And then Ryan very wisely uh, said that uh, the danger we're making the video about that is that it makes it seem as though the Bible is about us when in reality the Bible is about God. And so that changed everything and we ended up having a really good discussion. And so we're sort of bringing you, we're bringing you behind the scenes because we sort of wanted to have that same discussion, but recorded basically. And uh, just to give you a little bit of background. I wish I remembered everything that I said, all the good stuff. Oh, don't worry. It's going to come back. Um, because, and to start with, I think, this this group we have here is a very uh, good group to have this discussion because we all come from very different backgrounds. I didn't grow up uh, in a Christian household. I had actually a very varied, uh, very diverse religious upbringing, and I've talked about that before in some of our podcasts. I mean, my mom would make us participate in church services and in Buddhist meditation sessions and in some kind of weird metaphysical stuff. I dated a Mexican witch doctor. Yes, yes. It was all very different, very, 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 very. And on top of that, I most, most of my education was done in a French school. Uh, and the French are super secular. Like they want, like we talk about the, the separation between church and state. They want no religion in their secular world. And so most of my education was, I wouldn't say like necessarily anti-Christian, but certainly there was a, a, a very strong flavor of skepticism towards religion. So my approach to Christianity wasn't very direct. It actually took a long time for me to even come to a realize, uh, to, to even come, like, not to a realization, because I always believed in a God, but to really uh, see my need to engage the Bible is the best way I can put it. So uh, I did want to open up with uh, Ryan and Rachel sort of talking about uh, why they started studying the Bible, like why what made them engage 
with the Bible and how that's changed over the years, if it's changed at all. And, uh, yeah, so whichever one wants to go first, if you guys want to speak on that, feel free. Rachel, you want to start? Ladies first. Sure. That sounds good. Um, (laughs) I approve. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, (laughs) So I have almost the exact opposite experience from you, Rodrigo, in that I grew up going to church and my parents were always in some form of leadership in that church, whether it be leading a region, what we used to call a zone, the whole church, some other portion of the church while also maybe helping out with another church in a different place. Um, So I grew up going to church and I remember in the mornings getting up and going to school and seeing my mom in particular, having her um, time with God in the morning um, at the breakfast table and she'd always have her Bible out. Um, And I knew that thing for years. My mom finally, someone for her birthday got her Bible uh, recovered because it was literally falling apart. But it was the Bible, the same Bible she used every day that I saw. Um, And so, you know, growing up with that, I remember late elementary school kind of being like, okay, I guess that's what you do. And my parents had bought, you know, those like kid books where they have like a passage of scripture and they have questions and all these things and you're supposed to write in it and whatever. Like a so workbook? I would, yeah, like a workbook kind of thing. Um, and so I would, my nerdy oh. academic side would come out and, you know, I'd want to answer all the questions. But after like two or three days, I would kind of lose interest and a couple months later, I'd come back to the book and do it out, do it again. Um, but I remember, um, like early middle school, mid middle school, so like sixth, seventh grade, around there. I remember thinking that um, I was missing out on something. Like I felt like I looked around at my parents and other people who were Christians, and they just got something from the Bible that I didn't. Hmm. I grew up reading about it and hearing about it and all those things. And it was kind of like, what do you understand from it that I don't? Um, So I think that's where like I truly started reading the Bible. Like that's where my interest came was there's something here that everyone else gets or other people get that I don't understand. Um, And I think it was around that time, like when I actually started, someone started sitting down with me and studying with me. That was the first time I really started to fall in love with God. And I wanted to get to know him better. And I wanted to understand more, um, his, the Bible, his word. And, and I know we'll talk later about how things have changed over the years, because I think, Um, The way I read the Bible now is very different. That was back, you know, 1996, 1997. Um, So the way I read the Bible now is very different than then. Um, But that's definitely where it started for me is just seeing everyone around me um, doing it and kind of feeling like, what's this all about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way in that I, I started doing it 
studying the Bible because that was just sort of the expectation that if it wasn't that other people had in me, it was that I had for myself, that there was just kind of an understanding of once you got into uh, our teen ministry, that we all knew that that's when you study the Bible and you get baptized. And so I remember the very first time going to one of our teen gatherings or whatever, and our teen leader saying, uh, let's not fool ourselves. We know what we do here in the teens. Who's interested in studying the Bible? And we all kind of raised our hands and we're like, yeah, yeah. And so literally every single guy that was there in this meeting, there was probably 12 of us said, yeah, we're going to start studying the Bible. And in the course of about a month or two, all of us had gotten baptized. And it was, I mean, when you look at that, you say, man, that's incredible growth. But then five years later, when people have kind of gone through their teenage years or starting to get ready for college, have started college or whatever, I think there was probably me and two other people that were still faithful. Mm. Um, And so it was a very different kind of feeling five years down the road. And I think that that's going to happen in any situation. But I think that the idea or what it it says to me or showed me then was that we all did it without really understanding what was a part of what what the underlying message of this was. Um, And I remember a couple years after getting baptized, being at a conference and talking with a guy from a South South American country, and he was asking me, like, so why did you get baptized? And I remember telling him something along the lines of, because that's just what you do. And he he couldn't process what that meant, <laughs> that, that he's like, what do you mean you got baptized? Because that's just what you do. <laughs> and to me, it, it made sense in that, you know, I was of an age that I entered a teen ministry. And when you're there and you're a part of the church, you study the Bible and you get baptized. That's what you do. And so at a very young age, I still had a very misguided, incomplete, twisted Mm -hmm. understanding of being a disciple knowing the Bible, studying the Bible. Um, And now, as a 37-year-old man, I look at 15-year-olds, and I teach 15-year-olds. I'm I'm really – I got baptized when I was 14, actually, Mm. Um, right before my ninth grade year. I think to myself, there's no way that somebody that is that age – has the wherewithal to understand what they're getting themselves into. Right. And I think that I ended up saving myself from a lot of stuff down the line. And so I'm very grateful that it happened. Um, And I'm grateful that you don't have to be perfect to be saved. I'm grateful that you don't have to um, be of a certain spiritual ability or possess a certain amount of knowledge or take a test to get in um, because I would have definitely failed 
And now I'm grateful that I was baptized at that age, saved from all this stuff. And now as my faith continues to mature, I think I'm working through some things to mm-hmm. get to where I should have been a long time ago. Um, and so that's why I started studying the Bible was just this feeling of uh, expectation and that there was some sort of requirement um, almost like it was like a part of paying your dues if you want to be a part of this team ministry this is what you have to do mm-hmm. now that was never the message that was conveyed that was never what was stated and so I think some of it was internal um, mm-hmm. even if there may have been conversations like well why aren't you taking this more seriously and you really ought to be doing this and you really need to be which are good conversations but mm-hmm. for me personally I, I, I may have been rushed um, yeah. even though if you would have asked me at the time I would have thought no not at all I do remember right. being bummed that that I wasn't the first one that was baptized in my team ministry. <laughs> that, that somebody else beat me. And because two uh, weeks into studying the Bible, I remember punching my brother in the stomach because I was mad at him. And they came to me and they said, we're going to hold off on this baptism oh thing. Oh, boy. And um, <laughs> you two know, having worked in teen ministries for years, that, that there's just different things that you have to work through with teen yes. ministries. Yeah. Then like you do when you're studying with somebody who's like a professional working a job and mm-hmm. you know, it's just, they've got their own stuff that they're, they're dealing with at that age. But yeah, I mean, so <laughs> I think it's funny that you share that though, Ryan, because you know, I was baptized at 13. Um, it was halfway through my eighth grade year. Um, and I think the same thing in that, what did I know? at 13, there was a lot I didn't know, but I feel like the basic of it was I need Jesus to save me. Like I didn't understand the full extent of that. You know what I mean? But on some Mm -hmm. level, I understood that. And I think the hardest part of being baptized at a young age is we're never, none of us are ever fully formed. You know, we're always changing. We're always growing, but like you're really not formed when you're in middle school. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the hardest part for me has been, I mean, you're barely formed as just a human being, much less a spiritually minded person. Right. Right. And you know, I understood my sin at that time and I, I still have the letter that I wrote to God about my sin. And I'm sure if I read it now, I would think a lot of things were really cute and trite and all that stuff. But at the time it was like big deal stuff for me. Um, the hardest part has been learning about my sin while I'm also trying to die to myself. Mm-hmm. Um and reading the Bible through all of that um, because I am a sinner, but I'm learning that through the context of working hard to not sin and to repent from it and to 
die to myself. So it's just, it's funny because I feel the same way. You know, I, I think every, you know, there are some, there are some people who are ready at 13 or 14. And then there are other people who, you know, aren't ready at that time. Well, most people, most people, or most people, the youngest person I know was someone baptized at 12, um, who is still faithful. And for every person that we know who is faithful, we all know people who are not anymore. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that age is so formative, just generally take out the Bible, you know, and then to put the Bible and God in the mix of all of that is definitely mm-hmm. just it, an interesting mix of everything. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, I think it's, it's interesting because I, 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 so our experience on coming to the Bible was definitely different. Uh, I went to church one day because uh, my sister had been invited. And uh, after service, people came up to me and, you know, started talking to me, being very friendly. I thought it was super weird. But in he the didn't bus- talk. No. Just to let you guys know. He runs I'm- a podcast now. All right. He does videos. He does public speaking. Like the first year I knew him, he barely spoke. Yes. I, was just- very- I used to be very that out there. I used to be very, very shy, and now I talk for a living, which is we weird. can barely stop you. Right. I know. The mic in the other room tries to get your voice. Yes. So, uh, so my experience was very different. I would uh, people asked me if I wanted to sort of sit down and look at scripture and stuff, and I said yes because I thought we were still going to have a very intellectual conversation, but people were trying to show me scriptures basically as a way to like tell me I was going to hell. And uh, when that started, I wasn't anywhere ready, anywhere near ready to hear that. I was 17, 16, somewhere around there. Um, And that sort of was my, my initiation to the Bible was, was sitting down with these, uh, with these men. Some of them were my age, some of them were older uh, and them showing me scripture and us talking about it. But my approach to the Bible wasn't anywhere near um, what they wanted it to be. And uh, eventually I came around. I feel like a lot of things happened in my life that really made me see my need for God. Uh, and I come from a very different background than you guys. I, like I said before, I didn't grow up in a Christian household. I, by the time I was, I, I was, I became a Christian when I was 19. Uh, by that time, I had, you know, had my fair share of uh, sinful experiences and uh, had done a lot of stuff. And, um, but I do, and, I, and, and so basically what I'm getting at is the, is the way that we came to the Bible for all three of us was very different. But I do think that one of the things that we do share is the fact that at some point, whatever brought us to the Bible and changed. And the reason why we're here now and still reading the Bible and still engaging with it is different and it's changed. It's not the same. I I can say that for me. I know that you guys can say that too. So like, what do you feel changed from the time that you sort of began approaching the Bible and like, what's different now? Life is different. Um, 
you know, I think we, we talked about this uh, when we were talking the last time, but I think the most amazing thing about the Bible is that it can meet you at a very superficial level. So when I was first starting the Bible, you know, I'm just getting used to the way the Bible expresses itself, the way people talk in the Bible, vocabulary, all those kinds of things. It's all new, right? When you first start reading the Bible and you're like, what is this? And you're changing your mind. And the goal is, I think, to start absorbing the Bible that the way we pray is like what we read about in the Bible or the way we talk, we use scripture just interchangeably with the way we talk um, because we want it to absorb right into who we are and not just be like this thing that we read. I think that's the difference between academia sometimes and the Bible. Um, But I know for me now, you know, I have different things that go on in life that I need something deeper. And I think the cool thing about the Bible is every time I need to go deeper, the Bible meets me there um, to go deeper with it because there's one more layer that you can understand um, from the Bible. So the the things that I read about now, so for example, right now, um, anyone that's heard me share any kind of scripture recently knows that I've been on the complete Jewish Bible translation. Um, And I find it super interesting for many reasons. And I found it helpful to start reading a new translation just to refresh my knowledge of the Bible. Um, You know, because basically all my memory scriptures are in the NIV because growing up, that's what I read. Yeah. And that's all the scriptures. So every time I quote a scripture, it's usually NIV. But you got me, Rodrigo, into the ESV several years ago. And so I've been reading the ESV more frequently. And then currently I'm reading the complete Jewish Bible. And um, there's just so many layers to go that, you know, I don't feel like I've gotten deep enough yet. And I really am grateful that, um, you know, now we have deeper issues. We have kids, we're married, we have deaths in the family, and we have Um, life changes, losing jobs, moving, challenges with our kids, challenges with each other, because marriage is a crucible unto itself (laughs) of bringing out the best and sometimes the worst. Um, She does enjoy us being married, just so you know. Yes, I do. I love being married. 13 years strong, man. Um, But, you know, with that new stuff that comes out of me, I need a deeper conversation and I feel like I come back to the Bible because I keep finding that conversation that I need um, in my life. Yeah. I agree that, that situations in life shape our appreciation of the Bible. Um, You know, reading it as a 15 year old, I mean, even before I became a disciple, there are a lot of scriptures that I knew um, cause I grew up in, in church and everything. And so, um, a lot of scriptures that I've read since I've become a disciple, I knew well before I became a disciple and they didn't mean as much to me. And now 
as as you do start building in those life experiences, they mean different things. But I think also one of the things that I've really enjoyed over the last couple years is sort of looking at the Bible like it's a puzzle and seeing how or or a spider web in the sense that if you pull on this one part over here that way over in this other corner you can see that it that they're connected right in ways that you didn't realize oh this stuff in the new testament goes back and ties into the old testament and mm -hmm. this then connects over here and you didn't really get that until you had a full understanding of the bible and i think it's that that cool ability to say um the very first day I read the Bible, I obviously had zero understanding. And then I read my first story and that sort of resided in its own little sphere and had mm. no connection to anything else. And then the next day when I read the Bible, it was never its own individual sphere because it, it now related to the first story in mm. some way. And then as you become more and more familiar with the Bible, you realize that they're all relating to each other. And as you get to know the Bible more, the very first story that you read, you can never read it in the same way because that story has now taken on new meanings because you now have mm -hmm. all these other understandings. And that's what I've really appreciated about it lately. Um, but um, I think when I first started reading it, you know, Rod, going back to what you had mentioned in the beginning, there was this understanding or belief that the Bible was written for me, right. for man, that, that this was God's love letter to me, that this was God reaching out to me and trying to find a relationship with me and telling me what I needed to do. And so I looked at it like it was um, an instruction manual mm -hmm. for my life. And then I would try and say to myself, all right, how am I going to apply this to my life today? Right. And I had a hard time doing that because I'd read a lot of scriptures that didn't really apply to me. You Leviticus. Know, Leviticus, you know, a lot of the stories of the patriarchs. Um, mm -hmm. I just had a hard time relating to some of that stuff, the agricultural references. And then later learning that the Bible is really about God. And so when I read a story about Jacob and Esau or about Daniel and the, the Babylonian officials that he was working with or Ezra and Nehemiah or Jesus or the apostles or, or whatever, realizing that what I'm actually seeing is more about God mm. than about specific ways for me to live. There's obviously lots in there from a practical standpoint, um, from a command standpoint of things to do. All right. Um, but what it really shows, and the whole point of the book of Leviticus is to point out separated from God, to show us how mm -hmm. holy and how separate and apart God is. Um, I mean, you can't read a, a, a command and say, you know, uh, don't don't boil a, a young calf in its mother's milk and to say, man, 
I'm really going to take that one with me today. Um, it, there's not a whole lot of application that goes into, you know, 21st century life. Um, you don't sit in sackcloth and ashes. When well, I did on t- Tuesday, but oh, okay. um, but that was the first time in a while. Right. Um, so I, I think that it's, you know, that's that's me speaking as somebody who's been a, a Christian for, you know, nearly three decades now. And, and so I, not, not that long, I'm not that old, um, you know, two and a half decades, but, um, uh, you know, so my understanding has, has been reshaped. And I'm sure that if I listen to this conversation 10 years from now, I'm going to go, man, what a young brash and arrogant statement to make Uh. and how wrong that was right and and i'm gonna reevaluate it years down the road and you know this is just where i'm at right now right right well i do think you know it's funny because um and i remember when and what switched in me that i took a different perspective on the bible because i remember man like early on most of what I read in the Bible was, again, trying to address uh, some part of my humanity, be it my pride, uh, be it my um, my sin, my character, the character of, of others. Like, I remember I once did a study on, like, arrogance because there was somebody in my life that was super arrogant and I wanted to correct them. And so, like, the reasons why I really read the Bible, studied the Bible, engaged with the Bible had very much to do with myself and had very much to do with people. And I think when you read the Bible that way, um, there's only so much that you can really read. You know what I mean? Because, like you said, there are parts of the Bible that very – very authoritatively and very straightforwardly uh, address our our behavior and address the way in which we ought to think and the way in which we ought to behave. Um, it's a small I, percentage. Yeah, it's a small percentage of, of the Bible. But I, I do remember when when I became a youth minister, that was a switch because I realized that there were a lot of kids who knew all this stuff, right? Like they knew it, like they knew what the expectations were. They knew uh, the way they ought to behave, but they had no love for God. And um, I think I began to love God because I sort of understood the, the weight of my sin and I understood the sacrifice that was made for me. But again, I, I had lived a very sinful life. Like I, there was a lot for me to appreciate in of it itself of like what I had been forgiven of. And I think for these kids that I was, that were in my ministry, it was a lot more difficult because they had grown up in a completely different environment that I had. And so it was a challenge to like, how do I make these kids love God and it really challenged me and asked myself the question of like 
do I know God in a way that I can help other people fall in love with him? And that really forced me to sort of uh, approach the Bible differently because I was no longer um, reading the Bible to just merely address my ills, if you will, but I was reading the Bible to really know God at a level in which I could teach others about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like retroactively now, looking back on it, I can see the many things that that changed. I think back then I was just trying to address a need. I don't think that I was being necessarily purposeful on like, you know, I'm really doing this to know God. Like going back and thinking about it now, I was like, I'm really grateful that I changed my approach towards reading the Bible and that ministry forced me to do that in a sense. But I think that sort of took me on a completely different journey on reading and understanding the Bible differently because I was really trying to find out who God was and who, who he was in his character, what he wanted from people, what it meant to love him. And so I was no longer, again, I I arrived at this place in which I had to realize that the Bible wasn't about me and it was about God. And I think, you know, approaching the Bible with that mindset changes everything. It changes, you know, it, it makes Leviticus make sense. It makes Deuteronomy make sense. It makes so many things sort of make a lot more sense. So yeah. I would I would say though um when talking about this like so all of us sort of approach the bible initially out of recognizing our need and seeing the bible as meeting a need of ours but through reading the bible we we developed and we're continuing to develop that greater understanding of that the Bible is about God. Um, you know, I, I, I've not, well, let's put it this way. I have not met anybody who develops that sense outside of reading the Bible. So, yeah, you know, like, I don't know that you can come at the Bible with that being a starting point, I guess no. you could, Yeah. but it would be very challenging because I think it's developed through the conversation you have with the Bible and learning about it and deepening your understanding of it, that you come to this knowledge of, oh, this isn't really about me. This is about God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think that's part of the discussion that we're having because I, I, you know, one of the things that I said in the video was that we all have personal reasons to come to the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the the Bible, whatever our why was to approach the Bible, I believe that the Bible has an answer to that why. In other words, the Bible is, is uh, sufficient for whatever it is that we're approaching it for. And again, I think we all come to the Bible for different reasons. But I think the reason 
that should make us stay in the Bible, that should make us like continually dig deeper and deeper and deeper, and should make us come back again and again, is the understanding that the Bible is about God. And God being a, a being who's so uh, vast, a being who is to a certain degree mysterious, a being who, quite frankly, a lot of times the things that he does, even in, in the Bible, is challenging to understand. Like there's things that happen in the Bible that I think have to, mm -hmm. that should give you pause and should make you think of like, why is this happening? And what should I understand from this? And is this right? And, you know, and again, I think... Mm -hmm. When we understand, when we approach the Bible as a way to know God, I think the the well becomes deeper, and the well becomes a lot more refreshing. And I think, again, I think that's part of the conversation that we're having. You're right. You're totally right, Rachel. I don't know that anybody comes to the Bible with sort of that approach of like I'm doing this to really get to know God. Yeah. Um. But I think the reason why we should deepen our Bible study, the reason why we should remain in the Bible, I think to, to a big extent, right, in my experience, and I understand that this is different for everybody, but by and large, people who I've known who walked away from their faith do so because to one degree or another, they lose sight of who God is. And so to me, having this shift of going from, and again, I don't know, I don't think, and I want to be very clear about this. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a personal reason, whatever it may be, to come to the Bible. I do think that at some point, if we are to draw the most out of our Bibles, we're going to have to switch our reason for engaging with it from whatever that personal reason was to, hey, this book is about God. Yeah. I, I, I was sitting here listening to you, and I was thinking about, you know, the other relationships that I've got in my life. And I think specifically just the relationship with my wife, that our relationship has changed over its course of time and it's so different than what it was on the day that I met her. You know, the first time that I met her and we went out on a date was because I'd seen a picture of her and she was hot. <laughs> now I still think my wife is hot, but the reason that I come home in the afternoon after work is not solely because she's beautiful. Right. There's now so much more that has has developed and, and been added. Um, and I think like our seeking of God and, and wanting to find why we come to the Bible, it's going to be different for each one of us. And that, you know, I've got this question, I've got this need, somebody keeps pestering me and just to get them off my back, I'm doing it. Um, somebody just recently died and I'm realizing there's some so sobriety that I'm viewing life with. I just had a kid, whatever it is that I'm sitting down 
And that reason never goes away, I don't think. Right. It's always a part of your relationship with God, but hopefully it adds to. So you come and you say, I've just had a kid. I want them to be raised believing in God and having a relationship with him is now something that's important to me. And so I need to get this right in my own life. Yes, you will always be a parent now. You will want that to be a, a key part of your uh, parenthood and your child's life. But then as you get to know God, you start saying, man, this has applications in other ways. And now, now it's about being aware of who he is and how much he loves me. And I want to know God more and study his word because I want to be able to share it with my neighbors. And yeah, it's still that original reason. I want it to be a part of my son's life or my daughter's life. But now it's become so much more and mm. it continues to grow. One of the things that we wanted to do on this podcast is sort of provide um, an example on how uh, the Bible is about God. And I think um, one of the places that a lot of people begin to reading the Bible in is Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And I think things get a little bit more complicated after that. So a lot of people <laughs> sort of stopped in those first three chapters. Right. And, well, and again, one, like, two, and three can be complicated in themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember the first time I read Genesis 1. I, I was, again, I was reading it sort of with this perspective of like, what does this tell me about where I come from? Right. And sort of, Again, I was reading it very much from the perspective of like, what does Genesis 1, 2, and 3 say about me? And again, there's nothing wrong with acquiring that perspective. But Genesis 1, 2, and 3 take a whole different dynamic when you read it from the standpoint of like, hey, this isn't necessarily about me and my creation. This is about God creating the world mm-hmm. and creating man. Reading it from that perspective, I think, I think it makes it have more sense. Especially yeah. when you sort of consider the Bible had a very clear reason and context that I think when we know it, it makes the Bible make a lot more sense. Yeah. And so... The Israelites weren't, uh, didn't live in isolation. The Israelites had neighbors, and these neighbors had other gods. And in many ways, uh, they were trying to show how their god was different from other gods. And if you read the creation story uh, and compare it to uh, creation stories from other gods of their neighbors it's very different um certainly this idea of and this is true not only for the uh middle east region but really when you when you look at most uh other ancient religions this idea that there was nothing and then creation happened is very unique to the bible usually like if you read uh, greek mythology or Persian mythology, usually nature is formed and out of some 
element of nature, humanity comes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what's one of the gods about, who create humanity, right? And what's unique about the Bible is that there was nothing, and then God creates everything and creates us. And even when you when you talk about the fall of man and the whole thing with Adam and Eve and all of that stuff, again, it's very easy to read that um, and sort of try to find ourselves in that. Yeah. But that whole episode ultimately again is it's about God and it's it's about not only his expectations for our morality but also what happens when we walk away from those expectations and we begin to define morality for ourselves and at the same time uh God's wanting to redeem for man's mistake all of that tells us about who God is and yes you can read it and talk about like how Adam and Eve disobeyed and you can read it and talk about how uh you know they basically fell into sin and all this stuff and it says a lot about people but all of that also says a lot about God and it says a lot about who God is and the God that you see in chapters 1 2 and 3 of Genesis is the God that you see throughout the narrative of the Bible yeah I think that's key of what what you were just saying about there are the elements that are in the Bible that that are that we can learn from that we can identify and self-identify with that it's impossible to read the fall of man and not see ourselves in that story and to not say I mean the whole idea is that Adam even his name means man and Eve means life that this is this is not just two people on a Thursday the events that happened on that Thursday it's it's the human condition right it's all of us it's how all of us meet God treat God um, how each of us are faced with this decision of will I allow God to rule my life as he sees fit, as he's designed it, or am I going to do something that takes God out of the place that is reserved for God and put myself in that place? That's very much designed for us to see ourselves in that role. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it's not – you can't take God out of it. Right. Um, and I think chapter one is, is a perfect example. There's not you, – you can't apply God created the, uh, the birds of the air and, and know how that applies to you. That doesn't apply to you. Right. It, <laughs> it's all about God and knowing about God. And there are stories, there are lessons, there are scriptures that very much direct our lives in relation to God um, and knowing who God is and understanding that the reason we have to do these things is because of who God is. And we know who God is through the context and the, the rest of what we find in the scriptures. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I know the thing that always brings me back to Genesis one to three, because it's those are some of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. Is just being able to see God creating the world at its original intention of right. us being just completely connected to him, but also completely dependent on him, you know, from what we can understand. You know, some people say when it came to the flood, one of the things that threw people off was that it hadn't rained um, on earth before that. Um, But generally you read, you read Genesis one through three. And I think something that becomes very clear is God's taking care of everything. And he literally gives them, one thing, one thing to not do. Um, and so I think it, it helps always orient myself when I go through challenging times or when I'm not going through challenging times and I'm just going through life every day and things are going pretty well. Like God still wants me to dwell with him in a place where I'm completely dependent on him where he's I'm allowing him to do his job to take care of things and I'm not trying to take that for myself because that is the story of the fall right um that's what the serpent tempts Eve with is um the whole idea that God is holding out on her right in some way and that that's the story of humanity right that we we take these things Um, and we want to make it our own because we don't want to keep things in God's realm. And I think that's the struggle, you know, that is like ultimately the human struggle that we have. Right. So I, I like to come back to Genesis one through three, because it just reminds me like God created the world. First of all, Genesis, it's not a science book. Um, it has a lot of really cool things you can learn. Um, but God created the world. That's the point. And this is, was his vision. And it just, I can make the world about so many different things and my world about so many different things, but sort of realigning myself with what did God vision envision when he created the world? What was he thinking about? What was he looking for? What did he want? Right. Because he's the one that created it. Yeah, and I think even again, I think um, just to close out with a few thoughts here, and I want to make this very clear because I because I think and I've said it before as as we've been having this conversation because I don't want to make it seem like um, the reason why we started we picked up the Bible for the first time is totally invalid, and this is the only reason why we should approach the Bible. I'm not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the Bible takes um, a whole new richness and it takes a whole new meaning and it acquires a whole another degree of depth when we approach it, when the why we approach it is that this book is about God. Mm-hmm. And yes, it does shed light into us and into our problems as people 
into uh, destructive patterns. Again, spe even speaking of Genesis, um, you read Genesis and one of the, especially with the patriarchs, right? One of the patterns of destruction that happens with all of Abraham's descendants is that the fathers play favorite with their kids. And in every single one of those stories, something bad happens because of it. And, and, I, and to be honest with you, if that was the gist of the story, it basically tells you something that many of us already know is that as people, we kind of stink. Right? <laughs> but when you infuse God into that story, and you see that in spite of these man's shortcomings, God is still faithful. And in spite of their mistakes, he still takes care of them. And he still uh, fulfills his promise to them. Right. Not, be not because of them, but in spite of them. That makes the story of Genesis, I think, even more meaningful to us. And I think one of, the, one of the things that I don't want people who are listening to this to walk away from this podcast is to think that somehow when we make uh, the Bible about God, then it, lose, then it loses meaning to us. I think, if anything, it makes the parts that do address us a lot richer when we know God more deeply his relationship to us is deeper and is richer right. and our lives take a, a much deeper and richer meaning not necessarily just because we find out more about ourselves but because we find out more about God and I think hopefully one of the things that people walk away from from listening to this podcast is that again we all have different reasons to come to the bible but i think what should make us dig deeper and what should make us stay and what should make us grow roots into the bible is the realization that the bible is about god mm -hmm. right so hopefully uh you have enjoyed this and uh like i said this is uh, maybe a different feel from some of our other podcasts. This really, I think, felt much more like a conversation, and you got a little bit of, of a of a glimpse into our lives and to how we approach God, and and that's what we were going for. And hopefully, you enjoyed it. Uh, we do want to thank you for listening. Uh, if you like our podcast and the content that we make, please share it with other people. We do this uh, to teach the Bible, and we feel like the internet is a great opportunity to do so. And uh, so if you enjoy what we do, please share it. And also, if you enjoy what we do, please consider becoming one of our Patreons. Uh, and you can do so by uh, going to patreon.com forward slash ethermmc. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so You can do so through social media at ethermmc on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we look forward to the rest of our series on how to study the Bible. Through it, we're going to provide a lot of tools to really draw uh, the most. Hopefully, we will teach you 
how to really see God in scripture. That is what we're going for. And hopefully you will enjoy it. And uh, again, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one.